Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our series on hobbies, and I have to say, this is probably one of the funnest series it we've is. ever done. Because quite often when we do series, they're very serious series, and this Ser- is very serious. We're serious fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today uh, we are doing more things with our hands. Today we're going to talk with Aaron Alter. Uh, with, and anybody who's been to the International Center who's met Erin knows that she is super creative and um, does like all these beautiful things. So is all these beautiful things. So I'm I'm stoked about talking with Erin today about sewing. Are you? I, I am too. <laughs> I'm laughing because you said you were stoked. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm very excited to talk about sewing today because Erin makes her own clothes and it's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, Aaron Alter, Director of Short-Term Missions for the LCMS Office of International Mission, and I might add also a co-host on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast. Aaron, Mm -hmm. welcome to the Coffee Hour. Hello, hello. Thank you. Now on the the lounge and the Lutheran Ladies Lounge, I think your segment is what always it, it involves food. It's the recipe card, isn't it? That's I have two segments, but yes, the food one is is one of my one of my segments. Aaron's recipe card. You don't have a sewing segment on the lounge, do you? <laughs> no, not that yet. One would be it. You're right. Not yet. <laughs> There's not always yet. room for growth. <laughs> <laughs> New things. Yeah. So, Erin, where did your interest in sewing begin? Well, back in, oh dear, 2000, <laughs> right after I graduated from college, I spent a summer uh, where I was living at home and I decided to teach myself to sew. Um, and so that's, that's when it started, but that was really a, a, small slice of time and then I left it behind um for 14 years or so and it was back then in 2014 that I suddenly was hit by the urge that I wanted to do that again and I picked it up again um yeah so in 99, 2000, it was really in preparation for Y2K, wasn't it? That's why you started sewing. It's quite possible. Because you possible. knew that you were going to have to have these life skills. Survival skill. Yes. And now, like, at the top of your game at 2020, uh-huh. you're going to have these important uh-huh. life skills. Uh, so what what did you start with when, when you started back in, like, 99, 2000? Um, what were some of the things that you started with, you know, that you started well, with, some of the projects you started with? I'll be honest, the way I approach sort of my hobbies in general, I don't usually start with beginner level stuff. I prefer (laughs) to fling myself in over my head. And I know that I'm going in over my head and that part does not bother me. Um, So I started by making outfits. Um, I've made several dresses. 
One that I since went back and I remembered how much I loved the pattern. I found the pattern again because I wanted to recreate it. And I looked at it and I was like, what on earth? How did I do this when I was brand new? Like never sewed. How did I, how did I think to tackle this? But that's just how I roll. I like to, I prefer to just make what I want to make and not worry about how hard it is and just take my time and work through the pro, you know, the mistakes and start over again and fix the errors and, and embrace the imperfections. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes trial by fire is way more fun than taking baby steps. Uh, and it sometimes, and, and you, you can learn a lot more about the process too, especially if you make like massive mistakes and then go back and figure out how to fix them. <laughs> that is that is also true. Not everyone is wired that way. So I don't think that would necessarily be a successful way for everyone to approach hobbies. But something I learned, it took me a while. Um, it was about maybe three, three or four years into sewing this, this time around since I picked it up again. Uh, I realized that what I really enjoyed about sewing, the sewing itself was fun, but that was sort of secondary. What I really enjoyed and what was really fulfilling to me was the learning new things. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for me, that was what it was feeding was this desire to be learning something new and learning something totally different. Uh, and sewing is about as different as you get from my regular work. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it was it was ideal in that way to um, to to feed that part of it, the, the curiosity and the desire to learn and master something new. Mm hmm. So how how has that uh, skill evolved over time? Because you're still making clothes, uh, but what's what's changed? What's developed? Yeah. So as I've gone along, I've basically challenged myself with different different aspects of uh, there's there's all sorts of different specialized types of sewing that you can do. Um, so I. First, I worked like one of the one of the projects that I that I took on and slowly got better at was pants. Pants mm. are very tricky because it's you got three tubes that are coming together and you gotta <laughs> they gotta come together well and you've got a lot. It's complicated, especially if you throw in a zipper fly. Boy, that is super complicated. Um, <laughs> So pants are really, really a tricky one. Fitting was then another thing that I decided to really try and focus on and learn about and learn about how to, how to read, how to read the fabric as it was on me because I don't have a, I don't have a, a dummy or a, a mannequin uh, that I use. I just fit it on myself as I go. Um, and so I had to learn how to read what the what the muslin um, is is telling me. A muslin is like a rough draft, mm -hmm. and I pretty much make muslins for everything unless I've made the pattern before, um, so that I've already worked out all of the fitting issues. But learn to read the wrinkles and the the drag lines to tell me oh it needs it needs to come in there it needs to go out there that needs to that needs to be moved i need to add a dart here or um try something else totally different 
Uh, so that was that was another challenge. As I worked along, I I try I tackled learning to make a jacket, and then I decided I would make a leather jacket, and that was exciting because uh, <laughs> working with leather was totally different and very unforgiving because leather once once there is a hole there, it doesn't go away. Um, <laughs> so you can't, if you use, I had to use binder clips instead of pins to hold it together <laughs> as I was sewing. Um, and at one point I accidentally, I like sliced open something in a totally wrong place and looked at it with horror and, <laughs> and then very wisely, this was also something I learned along the way. I said, I'm going to set this aside and I'll look at this tomorrow. Um, when you're very <laughs> upset, it's a terrible time to try and fix something. Uh, so I came back the next day and decided that my pocket, I basically made it extra wide. Anyway, I ended up with with pocket fangs, as my brother-in-law called them. <laughs> I basically slapped on two triangle patches on either side of the pocket so that there were these fangs on either end of the pocket. and it became a design feature of the jacket. Um, another project that was a lot of fun, uh, that was a different approach, was learning traditional tailoring techniques. Mm. Um, so for that, I had to get like a legit thimble and did all sorts of hand sewing to make my winter coat. And I love it. I'll wear it. I'll wear it for a decade, maybe longer. But like I did all sorts of hand sewing on that one uh, with hair canvas and I had to get silk thread so that I could just basically mold the collar and the lapels so that they would never, you didn't have to iron them in place. They just stayed that way because the fabric was made to hold that position. Uh, but that was a challenging project. That was the one that probably took me the longest. I worked, I would say, at least a year on that. It's hard to say because I put it aside for a chunk of time once I I spent I spent six months on it initially and then realized there was no chance I was going to be able to wear that until the following winter. Like I was still far from the finish and spring was approaching and I decided Normally my rule is I work on one project at a time and I work on it till it's finished. Um, and I don't, I don't like have, I don't have multiple projects going because that would, I felt that was going to be too much of a chance that I would have lots of things going and nothing finishing. So <laughs> I start one project and I finish it. But in that case, I gave myself permission to set it aside and work on something else for a while. And then I picked it up again the following fall and finally then finished it in, I want to say, January or February of that, that year. But since then, I've worn it uh, all, all winter long, every year. And I, it, I'll love it forever. This is fascinating. I know. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, and I have to admit, I I did learn some sewing skills back in like middle school, elementary, middle school. My my mom taught me some skills and then we had a class at school where we learned some skills. So I've made a few things like a basic pair of shorts for the summer or for uh -huh. in, back at, at 
in college orientation staff used to all have like matching shorts. We'd get fabric at the beginning <laughs> of the, the summer and then we'd all make our own shorts or someone would make them for you over the summer. Yes. So I do have experience making some clothes, but nothing near as intricate as what Aaron has made here. I want to know, Aaron, who has influenced your sewing the most? Um, have there been others like have you had mentors or others that you follow that, that have influenced your sewing? You know, I can't put my finger on any one person. I mean, my mom, my mom taught me the earliest stuff like you. She, you know, probably back when I was in middle school, taught me to to do the very basics, but I didn't have any interest in pursuing it at that time. Um, when I was then starting to teach myself to sew, basically it was all sorts of online sewists. I There were all sorts of bloggers who blogged about their sewing experiences and I could basically Google for anything I was trying to figure out and and there would be some some site that would that would have an explanation for how to tackle something tricky like how to in a step-by-step -step in how to install a, a zipper fly or how to <laughs> how to do a button placket or whatever it is um so there there were a number of um online people, but I've never met any of them. It would be, I would, I would totally go all fangirl if I ever had the chance to meet, <laughs> to meet some of them. Cause I'm like, Oh, I feel like I know you and you have no idea who I am. And it's awesome. Um, <laughs> but basically online, online people, a lot of it has shifted now to Instagram. Um, and mm -hmm. that's part of what has sort of pushed me to try and explore and get to know Instagram. Cause I was like, oh, I don't need another social media <laughs> forum, but that's where that's where all the cool pictures were happening. So if I wanted to be able to keep up with it and get the ideas and so forth, I had to I had to dive into Instagram. So, yeah. We're talking with Erin Alter in, during our hobby series. Erin's talking about her sharing her stories of sewing and uh, much more to learn with Erin here on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our hobby series here on the Coffee Hour. I'm having maybe too much fun with it's it. It's so fun. Know. Well, it, it is because, you know, many of us uh, probably have more time at home these days. What are some ways that you're making the most of that time, using that time uh, to do something that's meaningful? Today, we're talking with one of our friends, Erin Alter. She's director of short-term missions for the LCMS Office of International Mission and a co-host of 
the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast here on KFUO. <laughs> and uh, Aaron's hobby, sewing. It sounds like it's one of maybe a few hobbies, uh, but uh, enjoying learning about your sewing experience. What has been your favorite project so far? <laughs> Did you like that? So far. LOL. So far. <laughs> yes. Um, my... Probably my favorite project was was the winter coat that I made, and yet also that was the one that I hated the most. Uh, so, so I have mixed feelings about it. I, I both love it and hate it. Uh, at this point, I remember it only fondly, but at the time there was there was much boredom, boredom and and tears and trouble along the way. <laughs> um, the project that I've made the most at this point is actually a pattern um, that's a, basically, um, it's a pattern that, that can be either overalls or pants. And I've made that one at least four times now. Uh, so I, I you could say that that's my favorite project or pattern because I've made it more than any other. Um, that's something that I learned along the way that maybe I don't need to just always make something new. I could, I could take a pattern that was already, that I had already done all the work on and made all the adjustments on and then consider how do I want to, how do I want to tweak this so that it doesn't necessarily look like the same thing done again so it still has a bit of uniqueness to it, um, but I don't have to go through the whole fitting process, which is a chunk of time, let me tell you. Uh, so, so I I now have I have two pairs. No, I've made it five times. I forgot one. So I have <laughs> I have I have three pairs of pants, and then this last winter I ended up using it and made two pairs of overalls. And at some point, I'll probably make another pair of overalls with it, uh, just because they're super adorable. So, they are. <laughs> I can't resist them. I keep, I keep doing them again. I remember when you were going through that project and the first day that you wore those overalls to work, we were all like <laughs> oogling over them yeah. because they were all flowery yeah. and so fun. Yeah. And yes, so great, so great. Do you do you have a favorite? fabric or pattern to work with like style of style of fabric not yeah. like pattern pattern <laughs> yeah yeah no the fabric wise what I this is another thing I learned along the way and was like well you have the option to do this if I want one of the beautiful things about sewing is that you can be more particular now you have to sometimes it's harder you have to wait to find what you really want, but my favorite thing to work with is natural fibers. Mm. And at this point, uh, with very few exceptions, all of my all of my clothes are natural fibers, and here's why: because they don't hold the stank, um, <laughs> and <laughs> and they're also they are easier to work with. Like when you're ironing, you don't have to worry about melting them, which you can uh -huh. literally do with polyester. Like you can literally melt the fabric when you're trying to iron it. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
yeah, I I like that, and then I also like how it how it wears and that it it does um, it holds up. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that's my I prefer to work with natural fibers. So mostly it's going to be either cotton or wool. Those are what I work with the most. I've done some with silk, and silk is nice, but it's a lot. It's fiddly, um, so mm-hmm. I I don't do a lot with silk. Uh, plus, my lifestyle just isn't really silk. Um, <laughs> And, but wool, wool and cotton. I do a lot of wool and cotton. I'd like to do linen, but I haven't had a lot of luck in finding a good source um, for for nice linen fabric. That is that that's fascinating. It, I, when you said natural fibers, I, I had to pause for a moment. I was like, I really hope she's going to explain what that means because I <laughs> hope that didn't mean like I didn't know if that meant like that you were. Like using plants and 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 weaving the fabric yourself, that that takes hobby that to a whole new level. <laughs> that would be another a whole another level of a hobby. I have not I've not gotten into weaving yet. Uh, maybe someday. One one of my favorite questions to ask in this hobby series is most memorable mistake. Now you you uh, you, you mentioned a mistake earlier, and I don't know if that qualifies as your most memorable or not. But uh, do you have? a most memorable mistake from your hobby of sewing? Let me think. Um, this is deep well, contemplation. Yeah, I know. So, so most of the time I, I don't remember them because they're, I can fix it, but here's one that I do, I do remember. And this was the pro the most memorable one was when I was taken in by the story on the picture of the pattern envelope and Mm. you know how you get that and it's like I saw the picture and I was like "Ooh, yes I want to make that but really what I admired about it was oh this woman she looks so she looks so elegant and so I tried to recreate it and it was a horrible I never wore it um so I I never looked like the pattern (laughs) (laughs) so I made this I made this this shirt and I was, I was, it made, I made it, oh, it was such a terrible mistake. I made it in this beautiful, like light gold fabric. And I don't know what I was thinking because that is not who I am. Um, I never wear that color. Anyway, I looked like death and <laughs> I, then I put it on and it was just this big shapeless thing. It was, I did not look anything like the pattern envelope. Um, I did not look elegant. I looked blah. And so then that my lesson from that was I need to think about what myself, who do I want to be and not try and be what's on the picture, but instead sort of think through what what is going to look like me? What do I want to be wearing as opposed to who do I want to be? If that I, I don't know if I quite said that exactly right. But basically, don't try and be someone else. Try and be try and be myself. And I had that disaster one. It never made it out of the house. I didn't. I don't think I even finished it completely. I got, I got three quarters of the way through. Tried it on, and I realized this was a disaster. And I threw it immediately away. Um, but I still spent, still spent some time and money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, I remember the lesson now. <laughs> 
two things that keep coming up while you're talking is uh, mistakes are just ways to uh, learn about yourself and uh, how to move forward and know who you are when you're doing a craft and don't do the craft or hobby for anyone else but yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think are those are very valuable things because these hobbies that we do, they're, you know, they're, they're things that we enjoy doing and things that we like to do with our hands with the, the gifts that, that we've been given. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's just fun. We, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I want to know if you have some tips for newbies or people that have been thinking about dabbling in sewing, uh, but are a little afraid to, to pull out the 50 year old sewing machine. <laughs> dabbling. You make it sound like yeah. it's a dangerous art. Dabbling. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I would say, but go for it. Don't, don't get hung up on perfection though uh so so mistakes are part of it and just acknowledge that they're going to be there if you if you keep trying to make it perfect you will never finish a product a, a single project so so instead aim for what you want to actually learn from that one and do it and then then start your next project and the early stuff will be it it won't be perfect and that's okay. The point wasn't perfection. The point was to be learning and to be making something uh to to spend the time uh growing and and exploring with that. Uh as far as uh like tools and stuff, I would say love your seam ripper. Uh <laughs> <laughs> acknowledging mistakes. <laughs> so you, it is okay to actually, um, you know, tear out something and, and do it again and make a rough draft. A lot of people don't bother with that. Um, I make a rough draft of any new pattern that I'm going to make. I, I basically get super cheap fabric and just make up a rough draft and try it on and make the adjustments. And then, then I use the real fabric and do it again. And there's much fewer mistakes in that case. So make a rough draft, basically practice. Mm -hmm. um use your seam ripper make a rough draft and have fun don't don't let yourself get too caught up in the pursuit of perfection and miss how much fun it is to make Erin, thank you so much for joining us for this hobby series and sharing your great hobby of sewing this has been fantastic i've learned a lot so thanks so much for being our guest on the coffee hour you're welcome i enjoyed it as well i'm Abby bates i'm sarah golseth The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.